gentlemen, this is bootleg and bootleg child. <laughs> That's your show. You have your own show. <laughs> this is uh, Bayou's to Igloo's episode three. We're just going to talk about duck rape tonight. Uh, so, you know, I'm the Cajun Libertarian, and that was Eskimo, the child. Uh, they're going to fucking see this and call me tonight. But that's fine. I live literally as far as possibly away from Eskimo as I can physically live in the United States. And, yeah. Anyways, so I've got an amazing guest on tonight. Uh, he is fucking hilarious. And uh, he's a good dude. He's got some great ideas. And we're going to have a great time. We're going to do the money thing first. The money thing that kind of exists. Let's see... You can find us on all these platforms, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. LP Veterans Caucus, Leading Libertarians Veteran Issues, Leading Veterans of Libertarian Solutions. They also have a website now because they've come out of the boomer stage and figured out how to do a URL thing. You know who isn't a boomer? I mean, kind of, but, you know. Uh, that's James Tollier. That's T-O-L-L-E-R, the number 4KY.com. That's people over politics, people helping people. Go donate today at tarryforky.com. Tarry, so James Tarry is actually leading another huge charge in Kentucky. Uh, he is helping to get funds to people who have been devastated by these floods going on in Southwest. And I shouldn't even say Southwest Kentucky because uh, it's just 90% of the state that's been affected by it. And then massive parts of Tennessee, West Virginia, Southwest Virginia. It's just It's just a massive amount of just land that's been just trashed by these floods so go help the man out he does the work every single day that you know we should all strive to do chris by for alaska's congressman uh you know it's time alaska www.istimealaska.com because if anybody should beat santa claus and i mean physically assault santa claus it's chris by um you know santa claus is a dirty socialist he's a self-proclaimed socialist and uh you know we should put Chris By in there to beat Santa because, you know, I mean, Santa uses child slave labor. I mean, he has these little kids dressed up like elves and give out Medicare for all packets to, to under-deserving children. <laughs> also, that's Will Doctor. I miss you, Will. No, no. Uh, with every shot so far. If you want to call in tonight, go to anchor.fm slash libertarian. We haven't done that in a while, so let's do some anchor call-ins. Uh, if you feel brave and dirty and disgusting, call in. Like NellieBruno.com, NotAGirlPodcast.com. Go there to see our merch stuff, the things that we sell. Um, they're pretty cool. I mean, I, did, I didn't design them, but they're pretty cool. Uh, you can also see how the show started. If you hate yourself and you want to read what I write. Uh, you can also read all the biographies of everybody on the show if you really hate yourself and you want to read the 300 pages that Christine wrote. She's an amazing woman, but it's five. It's literally 5,000 pages. Literally. RedemptionStacks.com, that is our link. If you want to buy you a fucking ballistic face mask, like you're going to go rob a store, right? Like just you, the, the ski mask ain't going to do it no more. Everybody's carrying. you got to have the ballistic face mask. I'm not advocating for you to go rob a gas station. However, should you be in financial hard times and your name is Hunter Biden and you need to rob a gas station for some crack money and hookers, get you a ballistic face mask. Cardinforcurrent.com slash donate. It's on Alaska.com. Use the hashtag Chris for AK. Uh, Proud Libertarian is who we use for our merch. LPVest.com. Hashtag Anarchy Loop. If you don't know, you don't know and you suck. NickSawall.com. And these people here, I don't know. And then this guy, Will, for okay, because Will is okay. But honestly, Will is not okay. He's still trapped in the basement in Tennessee. And the people that have bought the house have moved in, and they still haven't found him yet. So I'm pretty certain he's not okay. But, you know, if you want to donate to a dead man's campaign, uh, you can go to uh, JoeBiden2024.com or WillForOK.com. <laughs> Set a word free.com. I see my guest on it just absolutely fucking losing it. <laughs> Nathanflushy.com and hashtag or at not a real podcast. What is that from? When the hell did we do that? I don't know. I'll park on. Anyways, 
ladies and gentlemen, my guest, and probably the only time he'll ever want to come do this because he wants to run a serious campaign and actually win. Man, I was like trying to like be ready here for like some real diplomacy for a second, and now I'm like crying over here laughing. I'm like, whoa, man. <laughs> This is wonderful. No, I will definitely do this again, man. This is really refreshing. Absolutely. So, yeah, everybody, I'm Michael White. I'm running for Congress here in Arkansas, Second Congressional District. Uh, website below, mw4liberty.com. Glad to be on your bootleg. Let's get into it, man. Uh, I've I really noticed you lost it when I mentioned the, the, the Hunter Biden Robin the gas station for, for her <laughs> yeah. crack money. That was, that's going on the Twitter later. Absolutely. And then, hey, if you want to donate to a dead man's campaign, <laughs> JoeBiden2024.com. It's like Weekend at Bernie's, man. <laughs> hey, walking him around everywhere, you know? <laughs> if I really wanted to be dangerous, I would have just said, if you wanted to donate to a dead person's campaign, just go to Joe2020.com. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That's what I talked about on the show before. Everybody's mad, man. We got to make everybody mad. This is absolutely wonderful, man. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm starting a petition. I think uh, I think Donald Trump and his ex-wife should have a, a reunion soon. <laughs> man, uh, you know, I was talking to somebody today and about how the news cycle has been. You know, I, man, what, when I was born in like '82, when were you born? How old were you, man? Uh, I was born in 93. 93. Okay, so you remember a world where, like, you had, like, time to, like, hear a story and, like, process a story and think about something. And then, like, that would go on for, like, weeks, if not months. And then there was my, maybe was a new story. Dude, it's, like, every five minutes now. The news cycle is, like, oh, my God, there's a war in Ukraine with monkeypox and people are getting abortions and we're going to grab all your guns. And then, uh, you know, a hundred, oh, oh, uh, Donald Trump, Mar-a-Lago FBI. And it's, it's just, it's like, everything's moving so quickly. And it makes me wonder, man, if it's almost by design, because if they don't want people to actually sit and think about something, just react, tweet about it, get mad, send out some donation emails, and then they move on to the next thing, man. And so, yeah, you mentioned uh, Donald Trump, dude. It's like the last two days. It's like all of a sudden, all these uh, you know conservative friends that I have are waking up to the fact that, yeah, man, maybe the federal government's a little bit too big. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, we, yeah, we've been saying this for about 20 years. <laughs> like somewhere there's, there's a dead president named uh, Thomas Jefferson who's saying yeah. – oh, not dead president. Uh, there's a dead man named Thomas Jefferson who's rolling in his grave screaming, I fucking told you. I told you. Yeah. <laughs> we, we tried to tell you. We've, uh, we've tried to tell you a lot. But I try to avoid the I told you so. I just welcome people when they finally start waking up, man. You know, that's all you can really do. Because I feel like sometimes the last thing people want is I told you so. Um, yeah. We just keep telling them. And they'll start, hey, they'll see it. I mean, it's almost undeniable at this point in time. You know, the people I have conversations with regarding the sort of things I have conversations with today, Four or five years ago, there's no way um, they would have. They kind of looked at me like, no, Michael, no, the, the government's not going to become that involved in my life. They're not going to threaten my job. They're not going to. No, you're crazy. And well, here we are. So anyway, that rant right there. So I do a new show every Sunday. And All right. I, it is probably the most depressing thing I do every week because I cover actual like I say actual news stories. Like I cover stories that are in like major news outlets, and then just rant about them, right? And it is quite possibly the one reason I still drink heavily. Um, <laughs> but like I, I do get some really good like gems here and there. Like someone had sent me, I think this past Sunday, uh, libertarian pickup lines, and I did that for like five six minutes. It was glorious. I could not hold it together. I was crying by the end of it. Was um, it the Babylon B one? That yes. Yeah. Said <laughs> if libertarians ever meet a girl, what they might say. <laughs> yeah. So I opened it with "You cave dwelling fucking dweeb. If you ever talk to a female, don't use them." No. But the, the fact that you you would be insane to ever try to meet a female in person. Uh, so, anyways, we'll get into these. 
so no it was uh, that was probably one of the most you know the libertarian community there's like several layers it's like an onion as you well know you know and um i mean that that probably was shared amongst almost all the layers like if you even remotely knew a libertarian uh you were getting that link like uh we were we basically probably single-handedly funded the babylon bees uh click links through for about a week on that one so they could they can thank us <laughs> yeah the entirety of the fucking <laughs> we're, we're used to standing out and being a little bit different didn't hurt our feelings at all, <laughs> at all. no no i mean like like i get so many people like even people i agree with like philosophically like that say libertarians are fucking weirdos and i can't argue with it like i'm <laughs> so i'm sitting at a bar in reno at, at the at the, uh, at the hotel I'm having a couple of drinks. I'm just enjoying my quiet time. It's just me. I'm hanging out. And then dude is pushing politics on everybody at the bar. And they're watching a game. There was like a horse race or something going on. And everybody's just having a good time trying to relax. And this dude is pushing politics, politics, politics. I'm like, I know who this fucking guy is. He's a libertarian. I guarantee fucking he is. And then I hear <laughs> Miguel and I said, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. And he eventually gets escorted away by security because he's pissing everybody off. Yeah. And I was like... I've often thought like maybe LP National should give a class like for free, just like how not to like be a fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know it's 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 just a few words. You know it's a few things. Pretty easy. You basically can apply the the nap. You know to uh, just engaging people about political ideas, and you'll probably do pretty good, man. But I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say we're necessarily weird. I think that for people uh, that are awake to the fact that there is. A, uh, a single party, essentially, uh, the theater of opposition, this duopoly, um, you're going to be in the minority because if you were in the majority, there wouldn't be a duopoly to begin with. And so, you know, I've often found that some of the most intelligent, articulate and, and thought provoking individuals sometimes might not be uh, the best at small talk and meet and greets. I mean, so, you know, uh, I say give us a little bit of credit sometimes. Yeah, you're going to meet some of us that are Maybe a little bit walking this line over here, but if you listen to what they have to say, you'll probably find they got something pretty intelligent to talk about. Typically, <laughs> and that comes with a caveat too. So, and and this is one thing I preach to a lot of people is find the one thing you're good at, like the one thing you're the most passionate about. Do all the research on it. Have that thing. And there's a lot yep. that I don't speak on. I don't speak on trans issues or gay rights typically because I don't. I just that's not my thing. I'm not into that. Like right. I, I just. Like, I, I support everybody's rights to do whatever. That's just not what I focus on. I focus on things that I know in my personal life, and everybody should do that. Um, but, you know, if you find that one thing that you're passionate about, learn to, A, dial it back, because we can all get overly passionate and overly aggressive on our messaging with that. And then, two, just talk to people. I mean, people, if they want to talk, they'll let you know. If they don't, they'll throw sounds like they'll be trying to walk away. Don't fucking follow them. They're trying to leave. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want a pamphlet? You want a pamphlet? <laughs> and that's, really I think it's just this pamphlet. Yeah, I, think, I don't even think that's just a libertarian trait. That's just like guys who don't process like, or people who don't process like social cues very well. Um, I think that, yeah, I mean, meeting people where they are, um, it's a phrase that my friend uh, Dakota Logan, shout out Dakota Logan, uh, he's running for state up here in Arkansas, um, you, guys you should have on this show at some point in time, you know, he says that a lot about meeting people where they are, and meeting people where they are is a 50-50 deal, man, you know, you're coming here, and they're supposed to come to you, um, that, that, so, yeah, well said, man, like, this is not, we're not going to change hearts and minds by aggressively um, you know, being like one of the guys in the, on the Vegas Strip that was like hanging out the girl the girl cards. <laughs> you remember those like back in the day, those guys? Like you're not gonna do that, man. This is this yeah. is much more about when you when an issue comes up in someone's life and they want to make a discussion about it. Talking about liberty and why personal liberty and the principles of it might matter and, and why maybe possibly it could be a better option. And you'll typically do pretty well. I, I found I haven't had a voter yet that I've met on anyone anywhere in the political spectrum on pretty much any issue where I can't make an example where I think personal liberty might have been a better, you know, place. And most of the time, 95% of the time, they go, wow, I really kind of never thought about it like that. And I'm like, yeah. And you don't even have to, like, subscribe to it. You don't got to go and change your registration. You don't have to start wearing, you know, don't tread on me t-shirt. Um, 
But th that those little incremental steps, man, that's how we win this battle. I mean, they win this war. They're little bitty battles over, over time, man. So Dakota Logan is in the comments on the YouTube side. So. <laughs> yeah, hey, Dakota, what's up, man? <laughs> uh, Mr. White here is uh, saying that you should be on the show. What you should do is if you'd like to be on the show, reach out to secretary at notarealpodcast.com. That's 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 my pitch. That's my job is to push everyone to her so she can do all the work and I just get to come on here and drink alcohol and talk shit. <laughs> and just and just and just bullshit for now. It's great, man. She did, she did a good job working it out. She did a good job working out today. You know, this is sort of what somewhat of a last minute thing and I was like, look, uh, uh you know, independent media to me is so incredibly important. It, not just if it's just a libertarian, you know, basis or lean, but I, I I'm a big believer in free speech and free speech advocacy. So Anytime that it, that some any anyone independent wants to talk, uh, I, I'm down. So I tried to make it work, man. I, I shuffled some things around to make sure I was here for you. So thanks for having me awesome. on. It, but I appreciate the secretary. She's doing a good job. That's what I'm saying. Uh, secretary, this is a cue. Uh, but um, yeah. So oh, that's what I was going to go to. So there's a comment here from Brenda, and uh, she said I was called a cons uh, conspiracy. By my family for years. Now they are saying maybe she wasn't crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's that's a common trend. Um, there's there's a lot of us that have been uh, the party of Arkansas is watching the entirety of it, or just like just one person. Yeah, everybody. It's we're, oh, we're literally oh, well. yeah. There's there's probably dozens of us watching right now. So I mean, it's a big deal, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. mean that's. That is the sad thing, though, isn't it? Like, for years, like, we were all called, like, tenfold hat crazy people for saying that, you know, government's overreaching on their on your liberties, they're, they're violating your basic rights. And then, hey, this guy called Edward Snowden, who's now hiding out in Russia, is, you know, kind of leaked some documents saying that mm, they've been spying on you. They've been doing some illegal shit, and they've been hiding it. And then Obama comes out and says, well, uh, you know, uh, my fellow Americans, um, we uh, we do not spy uh, on our fellow Americans, and it turns out that was horseshit. Uh, yep, a hundred percent. Yeah, they're watching this right now. Shout out to the NSA. Shout out to the CIA. I know y'all watching me. How's y'all? How's y'all's day going, gentlemen? Was your dinner good? <laughs> and ladies too. You know, we got uh, there's some ladies. <laughs> we just cut the feet off. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, um, so my background really is in telecom. That's kind of what I did for about two decades. And um, I remember back in like 2003, 2004, talking to people and saying, there's no way that somebody's not aggregating this data. There's no way that someone somewhere, it's just too easy to do. And, and it's going to be too accessible. And there's no limitations right now on government doing it. And I remember those days, those 2003, 2004, 2005, four or five years after the war on terror began and the uh, Patriot Act had been passed. And just trying to tell people, look, you know, every power that you're giving government to try to use against someone you think is a bad guy, if you don't put restrictions on them to use it against you, they're going to use it against you. And so the best way to do that is just don't give them the power to begin with. And uh, here we are now, you know, 15 years later, and people are finally waking up and going, wait a second, you got my the news of my wife, you know, on your mainframe somewhere? <laughs> I mean, like, come on. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's exactly what happened. So, um, yeah, uh, good good comment, Brenda, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I can't remember what it was. Was it the judicial pick filibuster that Democrats nuked like 10 years ago? There was, there was some kind of filibuster that the Democrats had nuked, and then they were crying because they they had nuked it, and now the Republicans were using some kind of workaround on it. I'm like, lo and behold, turns out if you destroy powers that were like, like it's just like, Watching Republicans clamor for Trump to have all this power, and then it immediately turns over to the next person, which is maybe maybe Trump won, and you know maybe maybe let's say in an alternate reality he won the election right. and he's still president. Well, he can't win a third term, so right. all these powers you're giving him is going to go to someone else. And typically, we never see two Democrats and two Republicans. We always see Republican, Democrat, Democrat, or Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat. We see uh, an alternation, like a swing. And 
you're giving the same people that you claim to hate the same power you just gave the guy that you like. It turns out the guy that you like is still a piece of shit who hates you that's just right. as much as. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and so you that's you just gave the perfect discourse and the reasoning behind the concept of limited government and why it's supposed to be a republic. Like I tell people all the time, in a pure democracy, fifty-one forty-nine. If the fifty-one's ruling the forty-nine, if you're on the fifty-one, it's good to be in the fifty-one. But it always swings. The pendulum always does. And so if, if I'm in the 51 and you gave me a cattle prod to push the 49 around with, eventually that cattle prod is going to be used against me. And again, so the best way is you just don't introduce the cattle prod into the equation to begin with. And, and that's how limited government's supposed to work. And so that's really what, I, what that's the common ground I meet with a lot of people, Republicans and you sort of, and Democrats, most of them. You know, there's both parties have their extreme edges, right? Um, but those old school Democrats, the, the Democrats of the 90s and the Clinton era, the Democrats who were, you know, for the working guy, for the small guy, um, those Democrats, they're totally disenfranchised by the Democrat Party. And those Republicans who have been, you know, diehard, true and true, you know, conservatives since the Reagan era. Um, and, you know, hey, when's, when's the government finally going to get smaller, guys? You know, they're like, we keep electing people that say that they're fiscally conservative and they want to, you know, decrease the size of government. And every time we pick a candidate, there's more deficits, more spending, and the government keeps getting bigger. And I'm like, yeah, man, because maybe, just maybe, the two parties actually are one. That'll be the next conspiracy that one day people will go, man, Michael White and Bootleg were talking about this in 2022. <laughs> like, yeah, we were, man. Fucking crazy people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, and here's, here's why I, uh, I inevitably left the Republican Party with. They said, you know, Republicans kept saying we're for smaller government and less spending. Well, you know, Bush Jr. created the Patriot Act. He signed the Patriot Act into existence. So he created more government and then started the war on terror, which created more terrorists because it turns out when you are bombing schools and kids, you radicalize people. It's crazy how that yeah. fucking works. But uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, we get Trump for two, uh, for four years and he spent more. He under his administration, they printed more money in one year than we've printed in 30. Yeah. I mean, and in two years, almost more than the entire history of the Republic. Um, yeah. And again, you will get, I will get some conservatives that I talk with and I meet with who will say, you know, hey, but but we were scared. There, there was this really scary thing going on in the world. And, and that's when I say, but don't, that's why we have principles, right? We're supposed to have mm -hmm. principles to lean on when predictions, personalities, and prophecy fail us. Uh, the last two years has been a total perfect example of personalities, predictions, and prophecies failing us. And so if you lean on the principle of not hurting people and not taking their stuff, no matter what, individual liberty, that is your North Star, your guiding force of government, well, no matter what you're scared of or how big the issue you don't shut down 400,000 small businesses. You don't print $7 trillion. You don't cause massive inflation. You say, hey, we're going to look at all the options, but these options aren't on the table. Um, and, and that's what, and that's really why I'm running, man, is just to introduce that conversation back to people. It's like, hey, there's another way. You know, we don't have to keep doing this this way. Um, and, and every time I do, and if I just meet people and I talk to voters and I go through my platform and I talk about limited government all the time, they go, well, hey, man, what, what part are you? Are you a Republican or a Democrat? And I go, I'm neither. And there's like half the crowd's like, there's like another option? <laughs> like, yeah, man. You, there's a total, there, man, there's a third flavor on the aisle you've never heard of, man. <laughs> and it tastes like raspberries. <laughs> yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> Packaging and might be a little weird sometimes. conversations at 3 a.m. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's so, really great at bars and social gatherings. You might want to keep it off the Thanksgiving table sometimes. But it's awesome. <laughs> Just be prepared to block all your family on Facebook. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> so, the, Dakota is over here uh, talent sniping me. He said, good plan. I need a secretary. I am taking applications. He's going to slide into my secretary's uh, inbox. Like, hey, girl. I need a secretary. Yeah. Help me He's out. Like, yep. <laughs> Sniping shit on my show. What the hell? But, uh, so I'm, I want to go through some of these comments. Some of these are pretty good. So it's not it's not often that I get, uh, get to quote unquote lean so much from two guys. Oh, I'm sorry, learn because I'm illiterate now. Learn so much from two guys who raise their own clothing material. 
sewed their own clothes, their own and, clothes hats, and hats. And built their own computers their own and the internet using just hand tools. Yeah, man. That's right. Yeah, we're, we're the pioneers. <laughs> I think that was like a little bit of a stab, but I'm cool with it, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning something. <laughs> I've built a computer. I've never sewn clothes, but... Man, I sewed a pillow in home ec in like seventh grade. You know, because like that's an important life skill to have, right? <laughs> like that's what public education did for me for a year. They were like, you know, there's a there's a big pillow problem you're gonna encounter in your adult years. You better know how to make one. <laughs> so if COVID never made another toilet paper shortage, we had had a pillow shortage. He's all over it. Multi billion yeah, dollar company. Watch dude, out, yeah, Mike Liddell. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm taking him over. It's not I'm I'm gonna call it your pillow. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't believe that it's my pillow. <laughs> There's a comedy brand that comes up and they, they ravel both of y'all. It's called Our Pillow. Our Pillow. <laughs> you buy it, but it's still ours. It's still our pillow. <laughs> so some, some overweight dude shows up at your house in the middle of the night. It's ours. And just takes it and walks off. Doesn't say anything else. Like, <laughs> We are here to confiscate the pillow. <laughs> Do you not know Mother Russia is in conflict with Ukraine? <laughs> yeah, it's a conflict. <laughs> yeah. NATO's pushing against our borders to take our pillows. <laughs> it's already true. It's a new conspiracy. It's actually not yeah. about Ukraine. It's about the pillows that the that NATO stole from that's, Russia. That's right. And, you know, a little hint here, Nancy Pelosi invested in my company early, so you know it's going to do good. <laughs> I'm just a little stock tip for you guys, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, want to get rid of on this pillow game. <laughs> that's going to be the business pitch for like the next 30 years or until she dies. If Nancy Pelosi has invested in my company, you should get in now. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> So, the, <laughs> that that's actually like a, a serious part of my campaign platform, though, is, is that moral hazard right there that we just walked into. Um, the insider trading by congressman is, is, is one of the biggest um, issues that I see, honestly, facing the American people is that level of financial corruption, man. It's got, it's got to stop. And if you've noticed, it's come up in conversation, politically speaking, a little bit over the past 18 months. You had, uh, or two years, you had the story that, that broke right in the early days of COVID. There was a little bit of rah-rah about fixing it. There was another one that came up and another one, another one. But every time it's quietly hushed, and then we have to move on to the next crisis. You know, so uh, yeah. uh, I, I would love to see a uh, some sort of federal legislation that would require all congressmen to go just straight to cash, not be able to buy any securities, public or private, for three years after office. And that also apply to their, their family members and their dependents. And I think we wouldn't even need term limits. If we got the money out of politics, they wouldn't even show up to begin with. They wouldn't even be there. Nancy Pelosi wouldn't be in Congress if she couldn't make millions of dollars. No, man. She ain't going to do it. Oh, I can't get on mute for a second there. Um, yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah. what, illusion, man? Yeah, so it, it is wild. So the, this entire idea that Congress should be allowed to partake in the stock market, which they are – able to regulate with their jobs is it the idea is flabbergasting right that's like saying that that's like saying i can't even think i I mean i can't even think of a comparison it's just wrong it's a direct conflict of interest and there is no there is no other in the private industry world where you can be an executive or or someone who's making decisions for a company or a corporation or for their customer base where you have not signed strict, you know, legally, rep, you know, reprehensible, you know, guidelines that you cannot compete against that company. You cannot, you cannot poach their customer base. You cannot act in any other than a fiduciary interest. I mean, these are supposed to be our representatives and representatives yeah. are supposed to do what's best for me and you. They're not supposed to do what's best for them. You know, uh, I'm, I'm a realtor. I have friends that are real estate attorneys. Um, their job, my job is not to try to do what's best for me. It's to do what's best for my clients. And we have these representatives that are just like, hey, uh, every two years, I'm going to show up and ask for your vote. And uh, I'm going to go back up there and, and do everything against you. <laughs> and as long as I keep you scared of the other person going to do the same thing, you'll keep voting for me. And that's the political system we currently have right now. And I'll challenge anyone to tell me I'm wrong. 
Yeah, and the big thing I think a lot of Americans don't understand is that Congress is getting these special briefings on a regular basis, like top secret information that not even the news media is getting. So they're getting what's basically considered insider trading information and then going and turning around and using that, that information to make informa- like to make decisions about trading stocks. And they it's say, oh, well, it's already illegal. Yeah. But it's uh, it, but it would be a felony for me and you. We would do federal prison time if we did engage in the same behavior. A hundred percent. The way that they're getting out of it is they're saying, "Oh, well, I don't, I don't manage my own stocks. My stockbroker does." Well, fuck. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. There's no such well, thing as signal did. where you can't text your fucking stockbroker and say, "Hey, we just had a meeting about, you know, we're about to send forty trillion dollars to Ukraine for fucking <laughs> your pillows." Uh, make sure yeah. that you know, we get in on our pillows. <laughs> our pillows. <laughs> our pillows. Yeah, yeah. It's so stupid. It just so like the, you can and, track. I don't mean to interrupt you, brother. Go ahead. No, I mean like the idea that you're going to let's say let's let's say you know a congressman uh, makes a, a very large purchase in Ford Motor Company, right? Right. And this is right before a big push comes out to ban all uh, gasoline-powered vehicles. Well, let's say Ford Motor Company is the one that has the the, the, the highest percentage of being able to sell electric vehicles. Well, now right. you've rigged the game so that the company you bought stock in is going to have an edge. This is why I've said all monopolies that exist have ever existed in the United States were always created by government. None of them have have ever existed in the free market uh, naturally. They have always been created by government. That's a hundred percent correct. And, and you know, I've, I, I'm blessed in my life to know some really intelligent people in, in economics and finance. And and I've asked them the same question. I said, please name me one. Even back to Standard Oil in, in the Rockefeller days, name me a monopoly that that exists that was not aided and abetted by government building moats and embargoes around competition um, to protect them from competition. And yeah, so so what you have now basically essentially is we have a corporatocracy. Um, People ask, you know, what kind of government we have? We don't have a republic. Uh, Thank God we don't have a pure democracy yet. We have a corporatocracy where special interest and and large, large corporations, uh, their shareholders and, and then their political representatives that represent them and not me and you basically run everything. Uh, you need no better example of it than almost any de- in, you know any town small USA in the past two years where you can't go into Frank's hardware store. It's closed because you might catch something really deadly in there. But you know what? Everyone in town can funnel into the Walmart. That's perfectly fine. The difference is between Frank's hardware store and Walmart, obviously, is Frank's hardware store can't pay off politicians. He doesn't have a publicly traded company. He doesn't benefit from EBT programs and government welfare. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's what we have. And and so when people ask me about top three things, I'm like, number one, number one, number one all the time is we have to find a way to, to separate these, the, the ingredients from, of corruption from corruption itself. And we wouldn't have it, which to me is all about money. You get the money out of it. We'll start to have a representative republic once again. Yeah. So I got uh, the the secretary fairy dropped me a hate note and it says, um, Shift your dumbass to Arkansas specifically at some point. Um, okay. <laughs> so we're, we're, I'm going to have to. Walmart. <laughs> but we just said Walmart's yeah. name. That's basically the whole state. <laughs> Gotta go to Wally World. Uh, yeah, Tyson, Tyson Chicken. That. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so <laughs> let's specifically talk about your campaign. I, we've done. I mean, we've gone about halfway through the episode at, as yeah. far as we know so far. Um, this is entertaining though. Yeah. So yeah, you're what? So you're running for the second congressional district in Arkansas. Um, right. What are your big policy pushes? I mean, again, so my website's right below mwforliberty.com. Um, anyone can go there and look through my issues, and, and I and I write copiously about a number of things. But you know, one of the big things you learn when you get into politics is people always say, "What are your top three? What are your top three? I would have told you that my top three may be about in February were term limits. Uh, ending political corruption, specifically regarding the trading of equities and stocks by Congress and their representatives. And, and then number three would be tackling and dismantling the Controlled Substances Act. Uh, right now, my top three would be get the money out of politics, get the money out of politics and financial reform and, and, a, and a true return to a balanced budget. Um, you know, I every day 
I, I see the cost of every metric of living going up and, and I see people suffering, man. And this, you know, people will talk to you about this issue if they're politically smart enough and they'll say, well, again, you know, we were scared. We had to do this. We had to do this. Um, it was a life or death issue. And I'm like, do you not think it's a life or death issue now? Do you not think when people have to choose between their prescription drugs and their groceries, that's not a life or death issue? You don't think on a macroscopic scale with a nation with over 350 million people, that's not going to result in some death. Um, we're in for a world of hardship over the next decade or two decades. And I don't even know if the Republic will make it another decade if we don't find a way to finally return to some fiscal responsibility. So uh, I got into this, you know, because I finally had enough. The, the um, government's response to the pandemic, I'm trying not to use these words that the algorithm might pick up on. So, you know, government's response to the Cerveza illness, um, I think, caused more problems than it ever was going to be. the Cerveza illness? <laughs> yeah, the Cerveza illness. Yeah, now, I'm trying to avoid the algorithms, <laughs> parsing my words and, and shadow banning the episode. So, yeah, there, there's took, the Cerveza illness. <laughs> it took me a second. I was like, what did he say? I can see in your face. I was like, he's going to get it eventually. <laughs> so, yeah, the government's response to that made everything worse. And, and I realized just talking to people, there was such this, you know, this dualistic myopathy where people were so short term focused and, and there was no change in the conversation. And if we could go back and people were first off allowed to talk um, and, and people were allowed to hold contrary opinions in a public forum and were allowed to talk about some of these things, maybe just maybe we would have avoided what I think might actually, no matter what we do, might end up being the death knell of this entire republic. Um, I don't think people understand that runaway inflation once it starts there really isn't a way to stop it unless you're willing to do the hard stuff of balancing a budget and begin servicing the principal on your debt that's the only solution that will work everything else has always in history been a total new government a default of a currency and i don't think if right now the united states defaulted on its debt and we face some sort of constitutional or sovereign crisis that if we were to reform as a new government that anyone in this country is going to like what we would, re would reform us. Um, I think it would be almost a completely totalitarian state. And so maybe I'm late to the to the party on a public scene talking about these issues, but man, they keep me up at night. So that's that's why that's why I got involved, man. Yeah, it's I'm very black pilled um, for the simple fact that when you look through human history. As freedoms are taken away from the citizenry, they are only re recovered by one means and one means only. It's never through voting. It's never through a change in regime. It's always through violence. And I'm not saying that violence should be our first solution. I'm saying we should vote people in. Give freedom a shot. Give give voting a day. But, but. <laughs> it's, if you're betting on it, uh, so I'll give you, I will take the, the black pill. I've had, I've had the black pill ingested too many, many times. And, and, and there's days when I wake up and, and I tell people, you know, I just don't know. Um, but there's a little bit of grain of, of the white pill in there, which is this is the first time in history that there has been a government founded under the experiment of self-governance. It's still part of the principles that we're supposedly supposed to be founded on. Um, we're the only government that was ever created in the history of the world that right in the founding document said it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it. That government was supposed to exercise just powers under our consent. So we do have to give voting in the political process its time, but we're not gonna get a political process if we don't start waking people up one time to the fact that they don't have a choice. They have an illusion of choice. It doesn't matter if you voted for Joe Biden or you voted for Donald Trump. You might get different flavors of large government, but the government was gonna keep getting bigger. It didn't matter if you voted for, you know, Obama or whoever he ran against twice. Was it Mitt Romney once and I think John McCain another? It wouldn't have mattered. You were going to continue foreign entanglements in these wars. Um, the government was going to keep getting bigger. You would just either have the choice between more solar panels or, or you know, more subsidies to this specific industry. Um, that's what we have, really. And, and people have got to wake up to that fact. If they need any example, only government under a two-party system can go to war take 20 years, spend $5 trillion, countless thousands of deaths, uh, billions of dollars of weaponry, and turn Afghanistan over from the Taliban to the Taliban. 
I mean, only government under a two-party system involved in things it's not supposed to be involved in can do that. We would have saved so much money if we'd just gone back to 2003, 2002, right after Twin Towers, and just said, hey, we're just going to ship y'all a bunch of weapons. <laughs> we're going to drop them off, and we're going to leave y'all alone, man. Uh, we we would have had the same result and saved about $5 trillion. <laughs> You know, we're just going to give Toyota a bunch of money to send you some Hiluxes, and we're just going to yeah. we're just going to step away. <laughs> I yeah, told I mean, you when we were in the, we were in the lobby. I drive a I drive a third gen Toyota 4Runner, and you know I always kind of joke to myself. I'm like, if it's good for if it's good for them over there, it's good for me. <laughs> I'll get I get a million miles out this baby. <laughs> yeah, yep. We'll hold it together with camel shit and glue, baby. Yes, but, right. uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, if I did an episode, uh, pretty much, I can't, I don't want to say it was, it was a Sunday night episode, it was a news episode, um, where I covered the totals, like death tolls, the monetary costs, all of it, of the Afghan war over 20 years. We went to Afghanistan to avenge, uh, the death of, you know, 2,400 people during 9 11. Right. That's right. We sacrificed like 3,500 people over 20 years in Afghanistan. And not to mention the like 75,000 Afghan civilians that were killed. Um, so, I mean, I don't know what we were supposed to have avenged. Uh, we just threw more bodies at it and killed more American kids just so some jackasses stayed rich in D.C. But, yeah, I mean, I don't... <clears throat> There is there is one there, there there are these catalyst events that basically wake up the general public to hey this is yeah maybe the conspiracy theorists were right I mean like Alex I'm gonna say this Alex Jones sounds crazy yep because he comes off as crazy not always crazy um, no uh, no he's uh, he's been on on air I think they said 1.8 million minutes of total broadcast and I would argue that probably 1.7 nine million minutes of his broadcast has actually been pretty ahead of the curve and the delivery of uh the actual message i mean he was on the epstein thing years before that was ever in the media um you know he was on uh the the who uh you know chapel hill north carolina um you know he was on these these things years and years before these were ever in the news i mean before they were even conspiracy theories so yes uh sometimes the guy that might seem a little crazy might just be right, you know, but history is rife with that, man. I mean, it's uh, what, what's the biblical term for that? You know, a, a prophet is never listened to in his own hometown. Um, kind of, you know, the idea that, you know, sometimes you just, you have to say these things, you have to keep saying them, but there's just some people you're not going to wake up until it's too late. I mean, you know, that's, that's the uh, nature of history, so to speak. But yeah, I still have that little white pill, man, that lives deep in here that, um, I believe that even just things like this, just us talking and talking about this, there's somebody out there who, who we just turned over, who just went, damn, you know what? They're right. I finally see it. And if we do that enough times, I think that we have a chance of saving what I think is the greatest country in the world. And, and I believe that, you know, was founded on the best principles. And um, we got to do it, man, because I don't think that in, in any relevant term of history, should this republic fall, if there will ever be another one that me, you, our grandchildren, great grandchildren, or theirs will see like it ever again, to be honest. I mean, so, um, yeah, but we can't say his name. Remember, it's AJ, because you start saying the whole name, the algorithm's going to pick it up, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You got to watch out for these keywords here, man. <laughs> yeah. We got a hard strike on YouTube because I did a video on, uh, like, Athletes who are dropping dead from a certain uh, booster mm, thing, yeah, uh, a certain, a spiky needly thing, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, the, to protect them from the uh, Cervasa virus, and right. uh, and we got a hard strike for that because it contradicted the CDC. I was like, how does it contradict the CDC? The CDC hasn't stated anything on it. They're not even tracking it. Yeah, what does that tell like, you oh, about central you. planning? Hard, harder right. strike. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Now we're double striking you. Um, and, and again, I tell, you know, I, so I meet people all over with all opinions on, on the Cerveza sickness, right. And, and government's response to it. And I, I try to, when I meet with voters, look for a unifying concept, things where I can bring as many people to sit down and agree and I often say, Hey, regardless of your opinion, do you really think the best way for us to handle these sort of crises in the future is to silence people who actually still might be experts themselves? I mean, 
you know, when you're when you're taking this PhD and letting him speak, and you're not going to let this one speak, is that any different than like, for instance, when third parties aren't allowed to debate, or if if you're not allowed to raise your hand at a union meeting and you've been paying dues? Um, this entire experiment in Western civilization has been based on discourse. And again, 95% of the time they go, yeah, you're right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to say you're right or I'm right. But on that concept, wouldn't you agree? And people typically do. And hey, they don't want contradicting opinions, man. It's almost like there might be a power structure trying to preserve itself. Crazy, right? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to do a little bit of self-promotion because, you know, I pay the bills here. Sure. But sure. Um, so this, this actually kind of does tie into what, what we're talking about. So Sunday night. This upcoming Sunday night, I will actually be bringing on a new, we'll, we'll call it a trial run for a new co-host on my Sunday night shows. She is a trans woman, democratic socialist. Okay, cool. And I think it's very interesting for the simple reason that it is a very differentiating, differentiating opinion from everyone on the network, including myself. And she will have, she, so she'll bring her own news story. She'll bring, you know, her opinion. And she will be given 100% access to just say what she wants. And it'll be a respectful conversation. It's not about me being right. It's not about her being right. It's about us having a discussion and bringing back what we've lost as a nation. What we've destroyed is this idea that we can have these discussions and let people formulate their own ideas and their own opinions. Because we've said, we've been told for generations, you don't talk about religion, you don't talk about politics. Well, why don't we talk about politics? Because if you talk about politics, then you might actually think, oh, shit, these people who have been running our lives don't know what the fuck they're talking about because they've been living right. in ivory towers and we're over here in the slums starving to death. So having two or three or four or six different opinions matters. It does matter. And even in the LP, like even in the Libertarian Party, we have all of these people who have differentiating opinions, and it's important. And I don't understand why people are actually – I've seen people try to shut other people down on their speech. I don't understand it. It is the most anti-American thing ever because this entire thing, the entirety of what we understand as rights has to start with speech. Because if you don't speak about your rights, you don't talk about what your rights are, what they mean, what they should look like, what they should be defined as, none of it matters. Because then the next generation grows up thinking – Oh, well, if we just get rid of some guns, it's fine. If we pass the National Firearms Act, that's fine. We don't need machine guns. We don't need this. We don't need that. Why, you know, why should we let criminals have this stuff? But we'll allow law enforcement, who has a 40% domestic abuse rate, they can have it. Or we'll allow Congress, their security can have it. Because, you know, child molesters and crooks should have machine guns. But the average American who doesn't commit gun violence, who isn't doing anything wrong in their own lives, they can't have it. But child molesters and fucking pedophiles can have So, boot like I'm going to interrupt you. What you're saying, if I'm hearing you correctly, is it's almost like if we were going to write, like, some rules for how to run the, the country, probably the first one should be that everyone should be allowed to speak. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> is, that, is that what you're saying? The first one should be yeah. that everyone's allowed to speak? Yeah. yeah. Have, so, so odd that that's exactly what we did. Uh, you know, the First <laughs> Amendment of the Constitution. Freedom of speech, man. Um, but that's really cool. So you're going to do that Sunday? Yes, it'll be this up. Miss Secretary, it's this Sunday, right? Y'all, <laughs> okay. yeah. we're dealing with some high-tech stuff over here on this podcast that y'all can't tell. <laughs> There's a whole other screen. It's like a setup. Like, it's like, like Christine's watching Braxton. I've got him over here. Will's in the basement. I've got a live stream to him. It's, it's almost like we're coming um, from, like, an underground bunker somewhere. You know, like we're on ham radio. <laughs> yeah. You're receiving this transmission. <laughs> You are the resistance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you beat me to shit. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, that, so this Sunday, that I think that's incredibly noble of you, bootleg. That's that's actually awesome. We need more of that because, man. Hey, kiddo, what's up, dude? <laughs> he was, I mean, he's been begging me in the show for a while. Well, he's he's made I think three appearances so far. Um, but yeah, man, uh, that's that's really really cool. So, and, and I bet you that show has the potential to really to do well. And uh, man, that would be an awesome, just, you know, if, if media would start to do that, that'd be a self-correction of its own biases, you know? Um, and sometimes they do in some regards, but 
I mean, like, you know, I think, uh, man, anyway, it's cool. So you mentioned yeah, the NFA. You want to talk about yeah. that? <laughs> I can't talk about guns. I don't know anything about guns. I, I just I, – I don't know nothing about them. I ain't got none. <laughs> I don't have a single one, man. I, if, uh, to, to, my, to my NSA, CIA, FBI people, I, I don't have none. <laughs> I got zero guns. Zero guns, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't even have a sharp knife in my house. I got two butter knives and one of them's broken. Y'all need to just go to the next house. <laughs> Yeah, they're the plastic ones. You know what I'm saying? I got them in like a, a takeout box, you know? <laughs> we got sports, bro. We're, yeah, we got sports around right here. <laughs> That's how, and they got, yeah, we got safety forks around this bitch. <laughs> We're so passive. I'm sorry, I got a kid here. And, oh, I guess I'm in your ears. <laughs> He's not hearing my words. Yeah, but, uh, so, you know, you mentioned you mentioned gun rights and stuff, and, and obviously we're, we're about to wrap up the show. Um, one thing that I've found that sometimes turns people off of I'm not saying that all libertarians share this view. I mean, there's obviously nuanced views everywhere regarding guns, but most libertarians I meet are gun rights absolute. I would say 80% of them, 75% that I meet. And sometimes that can be a turnoff for, uh, I would say establishment, you know, voters. Uh, so I literally just had this conversation two days ago yesterday. Um, I have a friend who is a uh, sex crimes detective in another state. Um, so she's not dealing with victimless crime. She's definitely dealing with crimes that are, are, are real bad things, right? And she said, you know, Michael, you, you really think that um, felons should have guns? And I said, well, I don't really agree with your question. First off, it's not my job to tell you what somebody should or shouldn't have. Um, but I think what you're asking me is, do you think that I should, it should be a law that prevents people with felonies from owning firearms? And if that's the question you're really asking, then I have to disagree. And she goes, well, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. And I said, let's just go down the thought trail if we, if we can. If I'm a tyrant and I want to restrict gun ownership of certain groups, it's way easier for me to go ahead and pass victimless crimes and laws, label people felons, revoke their rights to gun ownership, if they choose to protest and own them anyway, to lock them up. And if I was even a super tyrant, I might do that um, to minority groups even more than I would others. And if I was a super duper tyrant, I might do that to minority groups than I would with others. And I would lock them up in private prisons that were traded on Wall Street uh, that I guaranteed them profits by locking up these victimless criminals. Not that anything like that's happening today. <laughs> Not that no, that's happening. And, and so when you go down that road, you really only end up with the concept of there really can't be any restrictions on this amendment and this right that you're born with. Um, and, and the truth of the matter is that the world will always be a dangerous place. But we can, we can guarantee that we don't end with genocide if we have an armed public. And that's just, I will always believe that. And so, yeah, man, the NFA, uh, the GCA, in my opinion, they need to go. Can that happen in my lifetime? I don't know. Um, but I would love to see them go. Absolutely. So one thing I, I'll, I'll give you this too, so if you're interested in using this as a pitch, but what I've always pitched is if a felon who has done their time in prison is too dangerous to be on the streets with a firearm, they're too dangerous to be on the streets. So why are they on the streets? So the question then remains is, are, are they actually too dangerous to own a firearm or is this just an easy way, like as you were saying, is it an easy way to just strip people of the rights? Because how, how dangerous is a felon at a, at a voting booth? Because you lose your rights to vote as a felon. I mean, right. did the guy who was selling a pound of crack, like is he a danger to society or is he a danger to crack addicts? I mean, is the or guy is he a danger to the war on drugs? Or is he a danger yeah. to big pharma? Uh, that, yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you drill down into these things logically and through history, and you find that these are always about marginalizing already marginalized people. Um, it, it's the perfect time to talk to your Republican friends regarding gun rights absolutism too, because let's just say that uh, maybe a president that might be a favorite of some Republicans, let's just say that maybe his house was raided by the FBI. And let's just say that that president was raided by the FBI and maybe one day something came out of it. And maybe he has a felony conviction from that one day. I don't know. Um, you see how easy it would be for government to take the right of someone to be armed away for a number of manufactured reasons. And so, yeah, man, uh, gun rights absolutism and, and free speech absolutism, absolutism are kind of misnomers. It's up to a point, obviously. But, yeah, th man, this kiddo right here needs a show, dude. I'm liking the Mohawk, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's killer, right? Um, yeah, man. I, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a firearm absolutist for the simple reason that 
it's the one thing that is guaranteed to never fail you as long as you don't own a 1911 or a Yeet Cannon. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm it, actually it, a 1911 fan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was going so great. I like the old man, you fucking man. killed it. But again, I don't have any guns, man. I ain't got none. I just think they're cool. <laughs> back to back World War Champs, baby. <laughs> yes, yeah, right, man. <laughs> I like black powder revolvers. I think they're cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> they are super dope, though. Um, they are cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I'll, I'll pitch you one question before we uh, start the wrap up here. Um, sure. So I. Uh, one thing I've covered here recently, which I think is a huge win for removing the NFA, which is um, Texas uh, basically passed a legislation saying, hey, um, we, if you build a suppressor in Texas and you buy it in Texas, you don't have to follow the NFA guidelines. Well, the ATF was like, we're still going to enforce it. And Texas was like, the fuck you are. So the mm-hmm. attorney general for the state of Texas has uh, started – has uh, has a lawsuit against the ATF for uh, for violation of the Tenth Amendment and the right. Second Amendment. That's right. And in court, the ATF said that suppressors are not firearms. And the rebuttal question was then, why is it being regulated under the National Firearms Act? And right. so, what we're seeing is this possibility that suppressors may nation like may nationally be removed from the NFA list because they are not firearms under the ATF's own admission. So is that kind of how you feel about that? Or do you think that it was just a fluke and the ATF will still get their way? No, I mean, when the original, when the decision, the Bruin decision came out, you know, recently, um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with some other, there's some other firearm people that are on social media that have gotten in a little trouble regarding some other things. Um, and, and they are already in litigation regarding those things. And so when I saw the Bruin decision come out, I was like, okay, this will spark multiple other ones we'll have a chain fire event so to speak um if that alone right there would cripple the nfa uh by about 40 percent um if if you could you know attachments modifications uh those sort of things as long as you probably didn't you know deal with the core part of that legislation you could really really cripple it and um i I think that's amazing And, and that's and again one more shout out to local government this is why i think local government is so important more important than even the off-summer and for federal government is most of these federal agencies, when they go to enact or, or try to enforce these things, they require local law enforcement cooperation. You know, if you're, if you're a suppressor manufacturer, say whatever state you're in, and maybe somebody at the ATF doesn't think that you're doing things right, and they're going to come in and raid your plate, they're going to typically call the local sheriff, try to get cooperation, things like that. If your local sheriff is a guy that says, you know what, this is a two-way sanctuary state, we don't play that game here. That changes a lot of stuff. They probably go looking somewhere else. If 38 states can count as the federal government when it comes to marijuana, then we can find ways around the NSA. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just you can own anything in the United States if you're rich enough. I mean, machine guns are completely legal. Most most Americans don't realize it. Yeah, they just they don't understand that machine guns are legal as long as it's made before 1986. Um, and as long as you pay your overlords enough money to keep it. Um, but <laughs> kid right here, man. He's, he's having a great time. He's loving it. He is, man. Um, he's doing a great job. <laughs> I'll yeah, just hide behind uh, him. He can do the yeah. Gun control. Gun it. control is, is is when when someone says there was a news story here recently of a local rapper who was pulled over with a uh, you know for some traffic violation and in his possession he had you know a, a, a you know a Glock 19 with one of those little things that people are putting in the back of them to make them shoot automatic. And, and so I made a comment on the Facebook story and it became like the top comment. And I said, most people don't understand that it's totally legal in this country to own an automatic weapon if you have enough money. So what gun control in this measure is about is just keeping the wealthy owning them and normal guys like this not. Um, you, his right to own that should be absolute up until the point when he infringes upon someone else's life, liberty, or pursuit of happiness. That gun is no more dangerous sitting on in his hands, automatic or not automatic. It'll be his intention and his actions that ultimately make something dangerous. And so what we're saying is people are dangerous. And oh, by the way, when I ever talk about gun control, I always wrap it up with, man, if we just made murder illegal everywhere, that'd probably fix it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we should just jump to the cause, man, make murder illegal, and we won't have a problem. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's what's more dangerous? The the single mother in a poor in a, in a low income neighborhood with a with a fully automatic, you know, Glock 
for the the politicians who sign legislation that make insulin, you know, seventeen times more expensive than what it should be. So I mean, what, which, need, which person yeah. kills more? Yeah. Well, so, the I number mean, you need to really focus on with people is you tell them the number forty-eight point nine million. Forty-eight point nine million is the number of citizens in the twentieth century killed by their own governments after being disarmed and made helpless. Uh, Khmer Rouge and Pol Pot, Stalin, uh, the Holocaust, uh, Christian genocide in, in Uganda. Um, we're ripe with examples since the invention of firearms of people taking them away and then murdering their civilians. So you really only have two choices in the world. You either have firearms that are legally held by the citizenry and you're going to have some tragedy and gun violence, but you will not have genocide or you will not have firearms in the possession of citizenry. Government will still have them. And eventually, in some cases, you will end up with genocide. I, I, I pick the citizens having it. That's what I pick, man. Kenneth Blevins just made the best, best comment. This is the comment that went tonight. Ban assault government. I love it, man. I'm getting with my yeah, t-shirt now So just say ban assault government. It's going to have a picture of the, the uh, yeah. That needs to be on a t-shirt, to be honest. 100%, man. So, um, well, Michael, uh, as per tradition for this show, uh, where so mwforliberty.com is where people can donate and see your platform and all that, correct? That's 100% correct. And, and and you know what? I'm not great at raising money. It's not something I'm amazing at. This is my first go around on this, but I could use the help. So if you guys, if, you, if I've said anything tonight that has hit anything anywhere, you know, go ahead, throw me $10, $20. It'd be, it'd be appreciated. Um, I don't need a lot of money to do something, but I do need some. mwforliberty.com. You can also find me on Twitter at mwforliberty, Facebook at mwforliberty. And I keep tossing around uh, launching a TikTok. I already got the MW for Liberty one done, but it's like, man, I don't know if I want the Chinese watching me all the time. But then I'm like, well, the feds are already watching me all the time anyway. So, yeah, if I need MW for Liberty, <laughs> I look forward to talking to voters and anybody. Ask me questions, send me a message. Uh, anybody else wants to have me on anything. And I want to come back on this podcast again, man. This is a lot of fun, dude. This was a lot of fun. So uh, I might have to talk to the secretary. I've been looking for a co-host for uh, – so I'm doing election night coverage in November. And okay. I might, I might have found my guy. I might have found the guy. Uh, Dude, I mean, I, you know, uh, I might be too busy, maybe winning. I don't know. I mean, well, we'll see. Now, that would actually be a lot of fun because the LP does need to be starting to talk in the LP community about how we're going to cover elections. Um, and, and I think that that's definitely something we could definitely talk about, man, for sure. That's awesome. So we'll definitely have to have you on for election night for just to, to cover your, you know, see how your campaign's doing and all that, how the, the vibe in the room is. But I yeah. would be personally remiss if I didn't give you this glorious gift of saying on the air that you're not a real libertarian. And, uh, <laughs> hey, bud, what is taxation? Taxation is that. That's right. <laughs> Raise them right, man. Well, <laughs> what do you say? He said, we got to win it right here. Yes, yeah, we do, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, of course. Oh, man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Michael, I appreciate the hell out of you for coming on tonight, dude. This is fucking awesome. I mean, this is one of the most fun conversations I've had in a long time. So, Me too, brother. I, let's do it again soon. And uh, I will absolutely definitely make good, good, good wishes and, and with liberty with you, brother. All right. See you next time. Good night. Good liberty. And. We'll catch y'all later. Goodbye. Take care.